Hello and Shabbat Shalom. I'm your host, Melissa Collins, and welcome to another episode of Spirit of Truth Podcast, where I share what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit today. I'm pretty excited to be back in the studio and recording. Last time I was on, I was fresh from attending the spontaneous revivals that had broken out at both Asbury and Lee Universities and recorded the episode called God Chasers because that's exactly what we were doing. We were so hungry for a move of God that we were willing to go anywhere. No distance was too far. So let me explain why we felt that way, or well, at least why I felt that way. So first of all, yes, God is an ever-present pillar in my life. The Holy Spirit leads and guides me in even the tiniest of details, and I talk to God a lot. I've had some extraordinary things happen that I'll share in more details sometime later, And I've had him show up in even the tiniest of details. But as far as my normal everyday life, it's just really me. And it gets lonely sometimes. My children are all grown up and they're out on their own. My husband and I are happy in our marriage, but we're on different paths. We've got different passions. He loves sports and fights and football. And I love all things God. And we both work a lot. So on Sabbath, I rest and read, but are we live stream services? Again, we are alone. So Sunday rolls around and that's the only time that we have to actually spend time with one another, to actually clean the house. And essentially, this is the one and only day where... I cram in everything that most people do after work during the week. And I get exhausted. And then week after week, it seems the same story just repeats itself. Thankfully, I enjoy a lot of alone time. I was born an only child, and so that's just in my nature. But there have been times where I've been able to travel and join in corporate worship where a group of believers have gathered and you can just feel the presence of God in the air. If you know, you know. It's almost inexplicable. And you don't always have that at every church service. I've been to church services where that is, but I've also been to church services where the Spirit seems almost unwelcome. I mean, God forbid the worship leader go off script, (laughs) but I was looking for a place to feel God's presence, to experience that corporate worship where God and his spirit, where they were welcome and free to move within his people. Now, with that being said, I also don't mean chaos. Yahweh is a God of order, and we see that throughout Scripture. 
And sometimes he has to remind his people of that, whether it be Nadab and Abihu or the Israelites that were slain at the golden calf incident. We have to keep in mind that it's not about what songs we like. It's not about our comfort level. It's not about our past traditions. In fact, it's not about us at all. We aren't the ones being worshipped. And we don't get to decide. Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, He is the only one worthy of worship. And we must worship Him in His way. In the way of spirit and of truth. To be frank, I don't want to be where they get upset if the worship leaders sing the same song every week. Revelation 4, 8 says this, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Did you catch that? Never cease. Both day and and not. They sing those same words over and over. And you thought Baby Shark was bad? But you don't like that we sing gratitude every week. I mean, come on. We better audit ourselves. But likewise, I don't really want to be in a church service that's run by a clock. Again, we may need to audit ourselves. If you don't like an hour-long church service, but you do like a three-hour ball game, I mean, who are we even serving? Who is truly God of your life? With that in mind, are we hot? Lukewarm? Or may we be colder than we even realize? Fact check is that Heaven sounds a lot like a never-ending church service. I'm sorry, I went down a little rabbit trail there, but the point was, what was I chasing? What was I looking for? And I could make a list, starting with, let's see, love, obviously, first. Casting out demons, healing, worship, testimonies, The truth of his word being taught and spoken demonstrated fruits of the spirit. I could go on, but simply put, I think I was chasing authenticity. Not something that was pre-designed or pre-plotted to draw and keep a crowd. I wanted something organic, something real, unhindered. And not diluted. And I found it. Asbury was all of those things. They checked every box. But while I was there, I kept hearing over and over from different people, said in different ways, but all essentially saying, take this home with you and keep this burning. Let's spread this and replicate this where you are planted. And so that's been on my mind these last few weeks. But how?
I'm alone, essentially. How do I replicate this here? I've honestly compared myself to Lot from the Bible for years. He was well known within his community and obviously respected to some degree. He sat at the city gates. But most of his family chose not to follow Yahweh. Even his wife looked back and only two of his children followed him. Don't get me wrong, I will praise and shout and rejoice if two of my children follow God. But I don't want to settle for just two. I want all five of them to walk in his ways and their spouses and my grandchildren. I want my husband to follow in his ways and not look back. I want to do a better job than Lot did in leading his family. But right now, I feel a little bit like a failure. So how on earth can I bring this experience back to where I'm from? I'm inadequate. But almost immediately, I was contacted by the sweetest lady that I knew from high school. Admittedly, I had admired her from a distance because she was open to thinking outside of the norm. And she was pretty transparent and honest about that. So tons of respect for her. But I had no clue what she did for a living. Come to find out, she is a journalist for the local newspaper in the neighboring county. And she wanted to do a story on experiences from Asbury. I didn't qualify since I didn't live in that county, but I had friends who went and Tanya, my cousin best friend who went with me, she did qualify because she had lived the last couple of decades in that county. So long story short, I was able to help arrange huge stories for that local newspaper and it was printed and published both physically in the newspaper and online about the spontaneous revival and move of God. It was read by so many people and it brought both glory and honor to God. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you. Let's keep it going. But then nothing. I had no podcast inspiration. It's crickets. I make biblically themed TikToks sometimes too, and I guess they were doing okay, but it was nothing that I really felt was from God. Passover's coming up. My youngest son had already declared that he wasn't coming this year, and I was crushed. I mean, I do understand that they have a baby who's due anytime now, but this is Passover. You just don't miss Passover. And I was suddenly feeling like Lot again. But I kept having this stirring inside of me that I should host a Passover Seder. And it wouldn't leave me. It would come to me every single morning without fail during my drive. And then it would just hit me at other random times. Honestly, I thought I was crazy. Because I just kept saying, surely, God, that is not you. <laughs> I even told him, I am a woman. <laughs> you know, as if he didn't already know, I can't 
organize and host a Seder. But then one day, I got a random message from a lady that I hadn't spoken to in probably at least a couple of years. Sweet lady. But I know she's divorced. I know she lost a child within the last few years. And quite honestly, I think she is really alone. But she messaged me to see where she could find a lamb for Passover. And as I was answering her, my heart was breaking because I was pretty sure she was going to be celebrating this feast by herself. And this feast doesn't really seem designed to do alone. In Exodus 12, 4, it says, If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are determined how much lamb is needed in accordance with what each person will eat. And immediately that come to mind and I'm like, okay, I need to share lamb. So I shared with her what the Lord had been putting into my heart that I felt like I was supposed to host a Passover. And immediately she responds back, responds back with absolute joy. She was so excited to celebrate with us. And then she mentions that she also knows another lady who was going to be observing alone. So I told her, let's bring her too. I immediately went to work. So working on invitations and over the last couple of weeks, I just find myself in planning mode because we are hosting a Passover. And I'm a nervous wreck. I want it to be perfect. I want to do my best job. But I keep telling him that I'm just his vessel. I am 100% leaning on him to bring the words and to really bring things together. So please be in prayer for us for that. And if you would, please pray that if it's his will, that someone will come who can bless the event with some worship music. And please pray that my family will come. So then, God sent me a word and a reminder. He'd been reminded me of what I kept hearing at Asbury to bring this home with you. And then I do believe it was God himself who put a Sadie Robertson Huff video in front of me yesterday. And that's exactly what her sermon was about. And I'm like 90% sure that it was even recorded weeks prior to Asbury. But I wish I could fully recite her sermon. If you're friends with me on my personal Facebook page, it is posted there. But I could never do it justice. But she reminds us that we aren't living in the days of the tabernacle in the wilderness or the temple even anymore. We aren't bound to go to a certain physical place to experience the presence of God anymore. Through Jesus, we are the temples of the living God. God's spirit dwells within us. 
He never leaves us. He goes before us. He is actually living inside of us. So yes, I can take Asbury back with me. I can take the Asbury experience with me wherever I go. Because it's not us, but God. We are just the vessel. He is the one. And then she goes on and she reminds us of the story in Luke 5 where Jesus is at the shoreline and the people are gathering near to hear him. And he looks at Simon Peter and asks to use his boat. If you remember, Simon Peter was a fisherman. So Jesus taught a multitude from his boat, from the average, ordinary boat where Peter fished, where Peter worked, where Peter probably spent nearly all of his time. Jesus preached from there. And we can too. Jesus living inside of us can preach from our cars, can preach from our iPhones, can even preach in a tiny hometown to celebrate Passover. A place of ministry doesn't have to be a church. It can be wherever we are, at work, at home, literally wherever we are and should be wherever we are. And she pointed out that one, if not the biggest mistake that we make is compartmentalizing Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we get to church and we're like, oh, we can't let too much of the Spirit out of this box at church. We can't, we can't praise that much. We can't lift our hands that much. No, get back in there. We can't let we can't let Jesus out at all at work. But we can't keep we can't put God in a box. We have got to stop hindering the spirit. If we are going to be disciples, we need to be disciples, not wishy-washy ones. We can't have a separation of our spiritual life and our personal life. We need to be one person. We need to be who we are wherever we are, not turning it on and off just like a switch. And she points out that it wasn't when Jesus was teaching the multitude and saying all these profound things And it wouldn't be later when Jesus was casting out demons or raising the dead or healing the sick. But it was when it got personal for Simon Peter. It was when Jesus caught fish. That is when Simon Peter proclaimed Jesus as Lord. We are designed to be the light of the world. So we need to let that light shine. Don't hide it. Don't put a basket on it at work or around those non-religious friends. 
Well, you should have it on a candlestick. And I know that it's awkward to be shining a lot in a place where the light's not supposed to be on. And sure, someone may ask you to turn it off. But even if it's uncomfortable, that's okay. Because it's in our nature if we are in the dark and someone turns the light on real quick, it hurts. But everyone in that room needs that light to see. So let Jesus come into your personal life and make it spiritual too. Those personal moments may be the moment that those around you can see Jesus too. So Luke 5, it reads this, starting in verse 3. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets down for a catch. Okay, so Simon was fine with Jesus preaching from his boat. I'm sure Simon recognized that wasn't his forte. He was a fisherman. But fishing, that was his thing. So now Jesus wants to go fishing. And Simon is like, no way. We have already tried. We've been up all night. We are tired. Nothing is there. And so we read that. It says, Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But then we read that Simon Peter says the most critical thing. He says this, But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And that's the game changer. Obedience. At Jesus's will, he would do it. He trusted Jesus, even though his experience, his expertise, everything that Peter knew said there to be no fish. This was pointless. But let's see what happens when we trust and do what he says. The result of Peter's obedience is in verse 6. It says this, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Abundance. They couldn't even hold all the fish. Just because he was obedient, he was blessed with all this abundance that he had to call for backup. So back in verse 7, we see, it says, So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Double portion abundance now. So let's keep reading. Verse 8, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, 
Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. When you allow Jesus into your personal life and you follow his promptings, not only will you see abundance, but his presence will be evident to those around you. It says all his companions were astonished and so were James and John. When you break down those walls, when you stop compartmentalizing Jesus and you let him in all of your life, you will see great things. You'll see repentance. Again, it wasn't the healings. It wasn't the knowledge. It wasn't the demons being cast out that brought Peter to repentance. It was the fish. It was when it got personal for Peter. Verse 11 said, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. And y'all, this is how revival starts. Both Peter and those around him, they began to follow Jesus. And it all started after a normal day's work. So needless to say, I'm back on fire because it isn't anything of me, but Christ who lives in me. It's his light to shine. I just have to remove the basket and let him out of the box that I hadn't even realized that I had put him in. So I want to encourage you to, as he said, don't be afraid. Let's begin to fish for people. So that's all I have for today. Shabbat is almost over. Our week is about to begin again. But I know this week will be different. No walls, no boxes, just a Jesus-filled life. I'm his servant, and I'm not clocking out. And I hope you won't either. Be sure to tune in to our next episode to hear all about our Passover. God bless you all and Shabbat Shalom.